Good morning, heart and soul. Good morning. So we are on an adventure in faith. We continue. Life, life is an adventure in faith. And for me, when I say that, that is simply my way of speaking to it, of perceiving it. This is, well, You know, it's all in, in how we see a thing. One of my favorite lines out of um, Coming to America is, that ain't nothing but an ultra perm. But it, it, it requires that you know what an ultra perm is. It requires that you have some understanding, some awareness of the thing that you're referring to. So you can only say that if you understand that what Eddie Murphy's character, the prince, is saying, oh, we use berries and juices and various things. And, and the barber is like, that ain't all that. That's nothing but the chemical combination of what we know as an ultraperm. So it's, it's when you understand how life gets to be the way it is that you can then translate it, that you can then begin to see it. So, so when I think about like my life and how I see life out picturing, I'm like, now that's an adventure. <laughs> and I'm not always game for an adventure. There's nothing, if you know me well, you know that when you're thinking adventure, I, my picture does not come up to mine. Now, I may join in. I may, but I'm not the first person on your list when you think adventure. <laughs> and yet, I recognize that life is unfolding as an adventure. It feels like it ought to come with a buckle up or it's just going to beep louder and louder and louder until you get buckled in because it's inviting you. It's, it's pulling you into. It's, it's mm, you are on an adventure for real. How, how's the never? You engage it. You are on, we are on an adventure. And I'm adding that this, it's an adventure, period, full stop. And then you can decide, yeah, but mine's an adventure in faith. You know, you could have just the adventure. And you could just ride it, white-knuckled, screaming at the top of your <laughs> lungs, you know, the whole ride. You know what that's like, just, ah, the whole way. Or you can say, now you can holler along the way, but you could say, this is an adventure in faith. But you know that what it is requiring of you, because you are deciding this, you are discerning this, that it requires that you bring your full faith. Your full faith. And I have learned that I'm forever expanding mine. You know, help thou my unbelief. Help thou that part of me that does not, has not yet developed faith about this, about me in this, because it's really never the situation, the circumstance, the experience. It's always me and how I see me in this situation, circumstance, experience. Yes? Y'all can get that? Okay, so, so look, this is, um, during this Advent season, we are using it, we are borrowing from it to decide that would it work regardless of gender if we say we's pregnant? 
could we just do that? I mean, just for drill. Just for drill, regardless of age, <laughs> maturation, medical procedures, notwithstanding, all of the stuff, gender, all of it, just decide that we are pregnant with a divine idea for our lives. And that this Advent season is this gestation period. It's the, it's the default, we're, we're allowing for the full development of this vision, of this possibility. Yeah. We spent a summer shifting from focusing on the problem and getting so good at that that we are experts about the problem to developing our possibility-creating quotient, if you will, focusing on being more adept at seeing a possibility where maybe you'd seen none and folks had said there isn't any. I'm going to tell you again, do not go into the doctor, especially if you're seeing a specialist, without someone at practitioner level. Now, I'm not concerned about whether they have a license. What I'm concerned about is whether they can sit and know the truth. Because some of us, if they come in in a white coat, it's over for us. Stethoscope, it's, we're done. Stick a fork in it. We are complete. It, whatever they say, no matter what we've been praying for, no matter what we've been studying, we are lost in the stethoscope. Just the drag alone wears us out. So somebody to be with you who is not going to be moved by that. And they're probably not because it's not them. Now, what that means is, I'm going to spend a little more time than I had planned on this. They can't be so close that they think it's them. You need to hear me. If they're so close to you that they're confused that your diagnosis is their prognosis, then they're not the one. We love them, and we got another role for them, but they're not the one to accompany you. The one you need is the one who can have some objectivity no matter what the doctor says. The one who can say, excuse me, I need you to repeat that. Spell it for me. And what, what else? Has anybody ever made it through this? Does the medical journal include any notation or an asterisk about somebody? That's the one you want. That's not so caught up that they go out cry you. You know who I mean. We love them, and you want them to go someplace with you, but this ain't the spot. So we're pregnant, and we're guarding our pregnancy. You understand what I'm saying? We're guarding it. We're keeping it safe. We're not going to expose it to just anything and everything over these next several days until we get to Christmas Eve. Yes. Because we're birthing something. Now, we're not expecting necessarily. Now, some of y'all are masters at this, so you go on with your bad selves. Go on and deliver the whole thing. Some of us are going to be, we're going to be working on it. You see what I'm saying? This is a different kind of pregnancy. We're going to bring a part of it to fruition. And then we're going to be working on the next part over the new year. You understand what I'm saying? But some of y'all are so adept at this, a level of mastery, that you're just going to give birth to the whole thing and be on to the next thing come the new year. But this is our, this is our runway right in through here. 
this is where I'm going to invite you, if you haven't already said this, to bring to mind right now, wherever you are, I'm talking to you. Yes. So bring to mind right now, what is it? What is your heart's desire that you intend to bring to some level of fruition by the new year? Have something to show for it by Christmas Eve. So Christmas morning, yeah, you like a child under the tree if you celebrate that way. Because you know what you asked for is there. This is the kind of experience. Who knew that that was going to be what I was going to say? But it's with that level of, of excitement and imagination. Some of us remember that the kids on the school lot could not tell us any different. They tried. They told us there wasn't no Santa and all the stuff, and that was your mom and dad, and you still got up that morning just like you hadn't heard none of that because, you know, it was on your mind and on your heart. This is what we're activating. That level of imagination that leads to that level of expectation and anticipation. Don't get old on me now. This is not the moment to get so mature that you can't see the vision. Yes. All right, so look. I had a wonderful lunch just the other day with two of my very dearest sister friends. Just, they're not sister friends, they're sisters. You know how it gets like that. They're the sisters. We don't even know the friend-sister line. And we, I don't even know how we got here, but one of my sisters said that she watches um, my 600-pound life. And I was surprised. Now, she was surprised with what I watch. <laughs> I, no, I'm not telling you. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. It's going to be a whole distraction. You're not going to hear the rest of the talk. So because I want you to hear the talk, I'm going to have to tell you that some other time but not right now. So I thought, my 600-pound life, really? And she said a little, she, no, she did not go to any detail about it. And so yesterday, I saw that it was on. And I thought, let me just dip in here and see. <laughs> so I could see, because she's one of the brightest people I know. I hang out with smart people. And little did I know that my 600-pound life was teaching what we consider spiritual principles. Who knew that, doc, first of all, there is Dr. Now, he's called, because his name is a long name, and so Dr. Now is considered the leading, one of the leading experts on weight loss for folks who are at that point. And at 600 pounds, it's a different scenario. You're not having the typical, it's not a Weight Watchers moment. You understand what I'm saying? You're not looking at the commercials and responding to that. This is at the level of choosing to live or just ride the adventure on out. And so what I noticed is, and it, it was a moment for self-reflection. What I noticed is there were, there were some people, I think everybody I watched, who was arguing for their less thanness? So he lays out right away how it has to be. What 
the rules are, what the guidelines are, what the outcomes will be. And so right away, the pattern I saw was, I'm seeing you now, I'll need to see you in two months. And in two months, I need you to have lost 100 pounds. And everybody says, whew, well, okay. You know, and he lays out how that's going to be. It's a 1,200-calorie-a-day diet and whatever, no snack, whatever, the full diet. He gives them everything they need and adds some movement to it and sets it up and sends them home. And they come back having lost 20 pounds and want to explain how difficult it is. And one sister literally said to him, it's not safe for me to lose that much weight that fast. Now, you know, I'm talking to the TV at this point. (laughs) I'm I'm coaching the patient and the doctor at this point. I I mean, I'm in it to win it. You hear me? And then I caught myself giving the doctor instruction. I was just like, because what? It triggered my awareness of how I do that. Those moments. And I'm only mentioning it so that we can use it for our own edification, for our own healing. Because why, the reason it upset me so and got me I'm all I'm, was worked up is because I recognize. Why I want those moments when I want to tell the expert. It's not safe for me to, and I mean, she was like angry at that. Well, of course she was angry. She lost 22 pounds on a goal of 100 in two months. So she was needing to get him told because he was the problem. Keep your journal near the TV. Because you could see that this is a moment to journal. And for the advanced students, it's a 55-5. I'm just saying. I'm not going to explain that because you know who you are. But the idea here is that in order for us to what revelation? See a new heaven. And then manifest a new earth. You're going to have to let go of something. And this where they were showing us. On TV, they were exposing to us the challenge with letting go. Now, let me just say, people don't just walk up and get in here with Dr. Now. I don't know what the process is, but trust me, they're not walking in off the street and then ended up on TV. So whatever the process is, they have already been engaged at a level that says, I need to be here, I want to be here, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. <laughs> Doesn't that sound familiar? <laughs> and then you get in there and you're going to tell him how he I need to do it different. That's so us, isn't it? We caught ourselves in the act of violating our own intention because nobody goes to get them to say you must be with Dr. Now on TV. So they get there through whatever the process is. And then they do what we do, we chicken out. We turn tail before we ever have an opportunity to to accomplish it, yes? So what is your heart's desire? What is your new earth? 
Because if you understand what your new earth is, and they do. You know, I'm sure when they go in, what, what kind of doctor or coach would it be where you wouldn't establish how much weight you need? To, what's, what's ideal for you based on height and uh, BMI and all the things that would be the consideration? And then the doctor is going to help you get there. Some say that churches are like hospitals in the sense that, you know, we don't go to people's houses and drag them in. I know sometimes y'all feel like you've been dragged in, but you haven't. Not in the sense I'm talking about. We show up because we know we need to be there. We know we need, we may not even know what we need, but you know that your blessing is here. And you may not recognize it. Like you may be like, okay, Rev, get to the blessing part. This is it. This is the blessing part. Kind of adjust your thinking, open your heart so that you can see yourself in this. We're not talking about the 600-pound woman. That was just to get us into it. We're talking about our own resistance to our heart's desire, how we fork our tongue and we say, that's everything. That's what I want. I'll do absolutely anything. And then we find we won't do nothing. There's so little besides declaring that we're willing to do. Is this making sense? This idea that is revealed to us in Revelation. Somebody say too much sense. (laughs) I didn't know that was a thing. Because, see, I'm not in it right now. But there's a moment. That's what happened. Dr. Now was making too much sense. Too much sense with that. So look. No, I'm not going to. Look, watch this, though, y'all. Watch this. This is what... What came to me, there's this this notion in my mind that the word behave, which is spelled B-E-H-A-V-E, it also says behave. And they're the same if you teach what I teach. If you endeavor to practice what I'm endeavoring to practice, behave is about behaving. Because how you behave is exactly commensurate with what you're going to have. How old you have to get to figure it out? We're not going to name no numbers, but look. Look, so, so for me, this idea of where I'm inviting us on this adventure is to sense, to, to see, to sense, to feel. Because what is imagination but that? When, I mean, at the level I'm talking about, I'm not talking about just I imagine something, but there was never a moment where you were immersed in it. Do you see the difference? We, we use it as a throwaway term. Well, I just imagine that. But you've never been in a, in a Neville imagining situation, circumstance. Do you understand what I mean? You've never immersed yourself where all of your sensory perception was engaged in that. And that's the invitation here. The invitation here is that you see it in your mind's eye, that you feel it, that you sense it. If you can do all of that, if you can't do the part, you can. Sometimes you won't be able to see it. Don't worry. Just allow your eyelids to close and see what can be revealed. See what you can sense. See what you can feel. And then behave accordingly. That's the act as if. 
So you now have a sense of it. And then your work, our work, (coughs) our work, pardon me, is to then immerse ourselves in it. So now I see it, I sense it, I feel it. I'm imagining it. How would I be if that were so? Now, children don't, see that was that little walk right there? That's us getting to it. Children don't. That's, it's one and the same for them. Once they imagine it like that, they like where the pony at. <laughs> where the truck, where the bike, because, I mean, they're really looking because it's that real. So that's, that's a relearning opportunity. That's an opportunity for us to open ourselves so that we can feel it, sense it at that level. And then to get over our adult, mature selves to the extent that we can be in it. That we're not telling ourselves it's not real, though. In all of the ways that we, we cancel it out because we tell ourselves it's not real. We pray, and people pray for us, and, and we're, we, we feel the energy of it, and we're there, and then we tell ourselves, but it's not here. I'm not driving it. I'm not feeling it. I'm not touching it. And we, we accept that, that that tactile experience of it is more important, more real than our feeling it. Oh. This is where we got to awaken the inner child. Because the inner child knows that the feeling is real. The old grown one is the one putting out the fire, the passion that we feel otherwise. It's the elder in us that's shutting all that down. I hope this is, yeah, okay. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right. So look, look, I'm, I'm, I want to mix some stuff up here today. So you already know because Deb was up here, I think, who was telling you about our 13th anniversary food drive. So Here's what I want you to see, that sometimes when we're offered an opportunity to engage in the practices that we know expand our heart and thus expand our mind and thus expand our possibilities, we decide we can't do that. Because what? A hundred pounds in two months is too much. That's not safe. You, now, you're going to you're have to follow. You, I need you to keep up. Because it's really the same thing. So for anybody who has not yet given, and I don't mean to this in particular, but if this is offered, and by this I mean our anniversary food drive, you've seen that, you know it's for 13 months, so we started it on our anniversary, and we'll go through the in, uh, through d- December of next year. December 31st, 2023. It's a 13-monther, okay? You, well, here's what I'm saying. You got to be giving somewhere. This is an opportunity. But if you are looking at this opportunity 
and you are filing it in your life as your usual response that I don't have nothing to give. You are giving exactly the same response. <laughs> that's your version of 100 pounds. That's not even safe. Now, of course, when we, if we just decide we're going to get in the deep end of the pool of other people's business, you establish that the 100 pounds was given two months ago, and there's been some contact in the two months. But it's only now that it's been discerned that it's, it, <laughs> the reason I didn't do it is because it wasn't safe. So I'm saying it that plainly because I'm hoping we can see our own pattern. See, with somebody else, it just doesn't make no sense. And it's really clear. This is why I'm bringing it to you. I'm just wanting us to look at our own a little bit, too, and see the overlay of the pattern of how, as we are approaching our good, and here's what you got to know. Our good has always been available to us. What we're doing now in whatever the process is with the practitioner, with the therapist, with the doctor now, whatever it is, we're clearing out whatever was in the way. So what happens here is we start along the way and then we go, oh, that's too much stuff. I didn't know there was that much stuff between me and my vision. I'm like, I'm whoa out. I, just, I think I'm just going to talk about the vision. I think I'm just going to write about it and talk about it and get a playlist of the songs about it. But I ain't going to do all that. All this that would be required, that I change my belief system, that I change how I am about this, I'm not going to do all that. And not only that, but I'm going to fight, too. I got some stuff to say about the people who think I ought to. It's where we go. Do you see how we, we don't just go quietly into the wilderness, we go kicking and screaming and cussing people out who tried to warn us about it. I'm just, I'm just saying. So I want us to look at these little possibilities that we often ignore. So the 13-month the food drive, for somebody who recognizes this is them, they could say, you know what, every week I'm going to put a can aside. Because I see how resistant I am. So what am I going to do to begin to break that pattern? It's a pattern of giving. We're not giving because we believe we can't give because what? It's not safe to lose 100 pounds of the 600. You need to keep it in perspective. This isn't a, you know, the 165 losing 100. This is a 600. His, the doctor now's response was, it's not safe for you to stay at that weight. You're like, I know we're not talking safety. So look, so I offer that. Then for Christmas, here's what we are doing. Beginning, um, it's our Christmas through Easter campaign is what we're starting as well. And for that campaign, what we're doing is, and, and here's what I want you to be aware of, is that we can never exceed what we believe we're capable of. 
that's, that's like a foundational thing. It doesn't matter what dance you do, how fast you do it, what color you wear while you do it. You are not going to exceed your perception of you. What you think your capacity is, your capability, your worthiness. Yeah, I had to say it because it's all up in this. So this is always an opportunity to expand our sense of ourself and what we're capable of and what we have the capacity for. Yes? Yes. So this Christmas to Easter drive is what is the other opportunity. And so once again, the drive is so that an outcome that we have, uh, uh, the ultimate outcome is that the organizations that we endeavor to serve and to collaborate with will have what they need to serve their ever-increasing population. So that's an outcome. But within that is that we transform our personal lives in so doing. So it's not charity work. It never is. It's we're doing it, and there is an altruistic benefit or, or aspect of it present. And this is what I want to focus on, is it is our own transformation. Because we are now putting our subconscious on notice that we know we can do more. That we're capable of more, that we have the capacity for more. You know, sometimes when we think we can't do a thing, the only way to get past that thought is to do the thing. It, conversation won't do it. Affirmation, mirror work isn't going to do it. You're going to have to really do the thing. When you say, oh, I don't, I don't have enough to give, you're going to have to give in order for you to realize, oh, my God, I didn't die. I didn't lose my house. I, didn't, I really did have $5 that I could. You see, sometimes we don't break it down. We just like, I can't do all that. Do all what exactly? Do all what? See, some critical thinking can make a difference. Do all what exactly? Well, give, give what? See, by now I'm getting on your nerves, right? Because I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm poking at it. But we got to get to it so we can see what is the nut we're cracking. Because it's never, I can't do all that, because what the heck is all that? There is no all that. It's usually very specific. I can't do the 1,200 calorie a day diet. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I can't do, not get me started. Just do not. Don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. Don't chuckle. Don't nothing. All right. Look at here. Because <laughs> I'm a squirrel. <laughs> Could easily go there. So let me get to Hebrews 11 and 1. So in Hebrews 11 and 1, the way most of us who have had access and exposure to scripture heard Hebrews 11 and 1 is, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's more typically, but watch this when you go to the Peshitta. Now faith is the conviction concerning those things that are in hope. <laughs> See, we don't even have to go no further, right? It's the conviction concerning those things that you've just been hoping about. 
See, hope does not have any sense of conviction in it. I typically say hope is not a spiritual principle. It just just doesn't have the legs, but it can get you. It kind of, it's like a little hoopty that can kind of get you. It can get you somewhere. You may have to go slow and, you know, everybody chip in for gas or roll the windows down when you go. But but it'll, it'll start you off. You, you understand what I'm saying. It's, it's not your ride. It's not your dream ride at all. But it'll, it can get you started. You know, like, come on. So that's what we're doing. So, but when you add conviction to it, and it's the revelation, it means it's revealed. The things, the part that you couldn't see, the, the evidence of it is now revealed out of your conviction. That. That's what we're working with in this, yes. That's what, because Ernest Holmes says nothing happens by chance in the universe. The law of faith is a law of belief. We're always going to have to transform our belief, 600-pound lady. You're going to have to. I know you can't, you can't see it yet. You can't. And it's fearful because how do you get there but in fear? But living out your fear. And we're all 600 pounds. We're just not wearing it as our physical body. See, that's important. This isn't me like talking about them like that's different. This is ju- it's just a different expression. And out, but we all have some. So the idea here is that w- it must be a belief so complete that the mind no longer rejects it. What? Ernie, a belief so complete, you have bought in so completely that you cannot be convinced otherwise. I need a mic I can drop. Yeah. Just so, that's our work. That's our work. To get to that point in consciousness where we literally cannot tell the difference between that that we are, the dream that we're imagining, the vision that we're holding is so real for us. Yes. See, we're working on this. There's some outcomes that have not yet manifest. That's your heart's desire. Come on now. This is our Advent work. What is that? Because let me tell you, your accomplishing that blesses all of us. Because you're going to be different. When you get you out the way, when you drop those 500 pounds or 450 or whatever it is, 
you're going to be entirely different. Can you even imagine? When you let go of whatever is holding you where you don't want to be, you then are free, Mother Harriet. Come on. You then are free. Oh. No. In both Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there's a point at which we hear them, we read that the master teacher, Yeshua, that the world ultimately came to call Jesus, says, your faith has made you whole, or has been translated to those words. Your faith has made you whole. Do you believe? that that can be done. Do you believe that your faith can make you whole? Because that's the litmus test right there. And it's okay wherever you fall. If you're like, mm, I don't, I'm trying. Help them my unbelief. I'm trying to get there, but I'm not there yet. Just know that until you are, your faith can't make you whole because you don't believe it can but the moment you believe, it can. It does. Can is kind of on the way to does. That moment when you believe that it does, that your faith does make you whole, that's the moment that you call wholeness into demonstration, into manifestation. It's at that moment when you see a new heaven and a new earth. See, right now we see in the new heaven. I'm calling you to into acknowledgement of your vision, your dream for yourself. But you don't yet have the manifestation, the demonstration, the new earth. And so we're moving in ways to bring that to be. But look, I've already told you that my... My, um, well, my playlist is simple. In my car, very simple. It's one song <coughs> for months. Bubby, how, how long has that been playing? <laughs> Since when? May? Was that May? Months, he said. Just months, he knows. I'm sure it was May, which is six, seven months now. And that was just a point at which it was called to my attention. <laughs> but no telling how long it's been on. But this call, this mantra that I, I sing along, I just listen, I, I force myself to never let it just be background noise, is speak to my heart. Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. Give me your holy word. If I can hear from you, what? Then I'll know what to do. I won't walk alone. I'll never go on my own. Come on. I'm going to ask the ensemble to sing it for you. Speak to my heart. Mm -hmm. That part of the lyric says, the dark night will fade away. I'll never go on my own. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Speak to my heart, which is a song of faith. It's already established in faith. It says it's the same reason we go to the doctor. It's the same reason we go wherever it is we think the solution is. We go to the attorney, we go to the counselor, we go to the therapist, we go to school. Because we are believing, we have faith that the outcome, once we're there, whatever they give us, tell us, however we engage, the outcome will be different. That's faith. There's a moment I realized, you know, some decades ago I was writing a, a paper on faith as a part of my practitioner uh, work, and I just realized that while I had been kind of slapping me around, criticizing me, um, criticizing myself around not having faith, I realized at that moment that I was on BART. <laughs> that was number one. And it kind of did, while I was having this thought, I was just thinking about the paper I was going to write and just how I just felt just, you know, like I was so missing the mark. And I just, I thought, how can I write a paper about faith when I don't have faith? You know, I don't have enough to write about, certainly. And then the train, the bar train did that little jiggle like the New York subway can do. I mean, the New York subway really, I mean, the whole ride can be plenty of that, back in the day anyhow. But Bart did the little jiggle, and I kind of came out of my thought, and I thought, fool, you on Bart. You don't know who driving. Right, under the water, literally, I was on my way to the city. I thought, you are in the bay. In some vehicle that you don't know anything about other than that it's called Bart. I didn't have any specifications about it. I don't know if the driver was on some drug program or I don't, I, I knew nothing. And I thought I hopped on there fast. Soon as the door opened, I hopped right on. And I thought, oh, baby, you got faith. You, it's just a question on where you applying it. Because they couldn't have kept you. I'd have had a little tussle if they tried to keep me off the BART train. And I thought, so it's not a question of whether you have faith. It's a question of where you apply it so completely. Because it wasn't like I was riding, peeking out the window, trying to see if I should jump or run for it or nothing. I was kicked back, writing my paper in mind. And I thought, oh, that, it worked out entirely differently because I learned, I realized in that moment that we all have faith. The question is, where are we applying it? Where are we the most comfortable just like kick back without any concern whatsoever? And where else in your life can you bring that level of faith? Where could I bring my BART faith? into my life and have that make like a huge difference. Oh, there's just so many opportunities to just get in it like you know it's going. You know, I'm already ready. I got my ticket ready to scan going out. Because I know that's going to happen. Where can I apply that in my life? 
where I know on the other side of this, I'm going to get out and I'm going to scan my way right in and then I'm going to come back and go back the other way. Round trip. We can apply this. We got work to do, y'all. We got work to do to bring the, the, what is it for you? Maybe ATM faith. Maybe you need to bring your little ATM faith deeper into your life. You know how we do with our little technology? Well, we are shocked and dismayed when it don't work on the, the first, what, what you mean it's not, what, what? Because it's supposed to work. What if you saw the divine? What if you saw your relationship with spirit that way? What? Oh, yeah, I know this is working. Like you do at the ATM or at the, you're going to do your little Apple Pay. You're just like shocked and dismayed that the thing hadn't beeped yet. And so we bring that, bring your little Apple Pay faith to your life. There's lots of opportunities. Your Google faith, exactly, because you know it's, it's there. You go to Google just like they had to put it there for you. And struggling in our relationship with the divine, with the all-knowing. But we have evidence that we know how. We know how to go for, I mean, we know how to bring faith, believing, Knowing, engaging our imagination and our sensory perception, our ability to see ourselves. Because I'm just thinking about, you know, we can't even count the times I've been on BART without a consideration around it. Just swipe until I got the clipper, in which case I now just put that to Dang near break your whatever this bone is, because you just know it's going to open. You, oh, what? Because <laughs> it's going to open. You know it's going to open. It hadn't opened. <laughs> she banged it. To, what, bring that faith. See it that clearly, that it's so second nature that we're moving through it, that we're behaving, behaving as if. That's what that is, Yes. Ooh, we y'all. I hadn't planned on working quite this hard. Because we're pregnant with divine possibility in this Advent season. We're behaving as if it is realized. See, somebody is already getting the divine idea. What if this was our last food drive? Because we made it obsolete. I need, you to, I need you to keep up. Not that we just stopped doing it, but that it was no longer needed. That it was no longer needed, a drive for socks and blankets and jackets and sleeping bags. And now I'm seeing more and more tents out and about, what if our faith and our activation and engagement of it was so complete that we made it obsolete? 
that our elders were safe and the children were fed and cared for. And that the little ones who have not yet been born would be confused when they hear about how we lived in the 20s. Because that's what they're going to call it. In the 20s, you did what? What was, what was wrong with y'all? Y'all did, wasn't no food? They weren't growing food anywhere? What? We want them to not even understand, to not have a concept for how we lived and allowed others to live. And I saw a new heaven, though. And I saw a new heaven. And for every new heaven that I can envision, if I bring faith, if I bring the kind of, if I bring my BART faith, my little ATM, my little Apple Pay faith, if I bring that to it, it is sure to manifest a matching earth. Because for our current earth, there's a mental equivalent that is the heaven. The heaven is but the divine idea for it. It's the mental equivalent of it. Nothing exists without a mental equivalent. And so that's where it, it has to change. And our work is where? In our imagination. If you put that, the slide up with the, the visual of the imagination and sensing and feeling, it's about what we believe that we know that it is truly done unto us as we believe. And you see, here's the thing. When we really get that, we catch ourselves believing otherwise. And it's almost audible. <gasps> that was a thought. I, mm -mm, I can't afford to have that thought. I cannot afford to think that way is what will come up for us. We suck air, and then we declare, uh-uh, I ain't thinking that caught me in the act of thinking something that I can no longer afford to give consideration to. No airtime, no energy, no nothing. That my work is to know the truth about me. Who I am, whose I am, and how all of that works. That I am, we are, divine spiritual beings. Whole, perfect, complete. Now watch yourself, because your response to that might be akin to losing 100 pounds isn't safe. Because just, that just represents our resistant statement, our statement of resistance. So there's something for each of us. But look, when this is all said and done, it is in faith that we discern, where do I go? Where do I go? What do I have to rely on? Who can I be in that moment? And for me, I go to the rock. I go to the solid understanding of my knowing. And as the lyric says, when the earth all around me is sinking sand, 
on God, on Christ, on good, on joy, on peace, on love is the solid rock I stand. Can you feel that? That that is a statement of faith, that I know that it's there. When I need shelter, I know that it's there. That's my ATM faith. When I need a friend, yeah, that's my BART faith. Because I know that it's going to, when I go to the rock, that's the depth of faith that I know that it's there for me. Ensemble, I ask you to join me in prayer. To join me in conscious and intentional awareness that there is one life. And that life is the living one, the strong one. By any name, Jehovah, Allah, that God, the all in all, divine source. I know that the living one, the strong one, is life, is love, is wisdom. And I know that this life and love and wisdom is active in me, is active in each and every one of us, always and in always. I know that there is no other, no other power outside of the living one, the strong one, excuse me. And because I know this, I know, you, you, it reminds me of like the law, of applying the law of transitivity. That because I know that there is but one, one life, one love, one wisdom, one breath, one peace, one joy, because I know that this is so, I know that God is and I am. And I know that I and the Father be one. And I know that this is true for each and every one of us. That each and every one of us can say aloud and do this with me, please. I and the Father be one. That is simply our declaration of truth. That there is no other. That we are we are connected in our oneness in the divine. And I know it's written as I and the Father are one. It's just that the verbs don't agree for me. If there's only one of us, it needs to be a singular verb. I and the Father be one. And this transforms my life because it transforms my knowing. Once my, once my awareness is transformed, my world is transformed, transmuted. I transcend all of the blocks. I transcend the lies, the ignorance, the false beliefs. And I arrive at a point of truth. God is, I am. The living one, the strong one is, I am. I and the Father be one. Right where I am right now, the whole perfect and complete nature of the divine is. And my work, our work, individually and collectively, is to let it through. Let it be. 
in full, ex full divine expression. Oh, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for this realization. I'm grateful for seeing this, for feeling this, for knowing it, for being able to imagine how my life transforms in my behaving, in my behaving, how I am transformed in the knowing of how life gets to be the way it is. And so I stand in the gap for anyone who doesn't know and for those who are coming into knowing because there is only one of us, any one of us can know for all of us. And so I'm standing and knowing the perfect truth, the all in all that love is and all is exceedingly well. And for this I'm grateful. So it is an absolute perfect gratitude and divine appreciation that I simply let go. And I let the divine be the divine in my life and in all things. I release this into law perfectly unfolding, knowing that it cannot possibly return to me void, that it must absolutely produce in like kind, and I allow it to be so. Sealing this for all eternity, I simply say, Ashe, Amen. And so it is. Love truly does matter, y'all.